Hello and welcome to the Squiggly Animation Podcast. Today we feature Sam, the director of the stop-motion feature film Pose Esso. Well, happy November, everyone. Hello, Mr. Steve Henderson. How are you doing? Hello, Mr. Ben Mitchell. How are you? I'm very well. Well rested and returned from a little jaunt to Amsterdam. I was at the Click Animation Festival. Listeners of the podcast may have been uh, checking out some of the podcast minisodes that have been going up this week, and there are some more to come. But this is the week that our next podcast is due, so it's kind of a palate cleanser from uh, Click-related coverage uh, before we resume it tomorrow. But yes, it was a wonderful time. Wonderful time. Have you ever been to the fair city of Amsterdam? I've never been to the fair city of Amsterdam, no. Um, I'm sure it's full of tulips and um, other bits and pieces. I, very possibly. I was all boats and uh, Chinese restaurants, as far as I could see. I guess I probably didn't get to the cultural core of Amsterdam. So it's basically like being by the uh, the waterside in Bristol, then. Kind of, yeah, except the looking at the water doesn't make you vomit in your mouth. um i'm very fond of this lovely city that i live in but uh you wouldn't want to go for a dip in the river next to my apartment it's pretty grim uh no it was lovely it was very scenic uh although i stayed on i stayed on a boat hotel a boatel which then uh, in between me booking it and uh, arriving they kind of like uh, snuck in an s in that word hotel so it was a hostel by the time i got there it's like, hell, this is cheap. <laughs> what a deal I found. Here's your, here's your bunk, which you share with three other men. <laughs> Luckily, I did get my own little room, but it was um, it actually got some quite good reviews. I can't imagine this is the same case for all of the uh, the rooms, but it must have been the room where all the pipes in the boat congregated <laughs> and let loose a cacophony. It was like being at Stomp. <laughs> like the noise these pipes would make it and it was only like at 2 a.m to 4 a.m the daylight hours quiet as a f-ing church mouse but like when you're trying to get some sleep bang bang smash and it's within an inch away from like my head so i'm going on each day at the click amsterdam animation festival with about three or four hours sleep each day so i was in a bit of a daze by the last day, but it was it was good fun. Once I was, it was actually good motivation to, um, you know, maybe if you have like a really nice hotel and you've got a lot of work to do in the day, you might want to have a bit of a lie-in, indulge in some room service or a nice big continental breakfast. But uh, at this place, it was like, nope, I'm up, <laughs> brush my teeth and get the f- out of here. So I was never late for anything, and I, you know, it was a good excuse to stay late after the events had kind of wound down. I had an extra couple of drinks at the bar. And hang out with some lovely, lovely animation folk. It was a really nice vibe. Informal feel to it. It didn't feel like this kind of big, intimidating industry event. So a lot of animators from all sort of rungs of the industry were just sort of hanging out together. And in a, very, in a way that felt very, you know, nice and, and relaxed and natural. So, um, so yeah, I'm a fan of Click. I will hopefully uh, return there before long. Excellent. I'd like to get there myself. So that was, that was good, good fun. Uh, how are things with you? Things are good. Yeah, I've kind of been in a bit of a festival haze myself, but more of a kind of organisational, um, if I had hair, I'd be pulling it out kind of thing. What new developments are there with the Manchester Animation Festival now that it is nearly upon us? 
Well, there are still little bits and bobs that are still coming up, but I think now is a safe time to announce that there's going to be some squiggly stuff turning up at the festival. Uh, naturally, as you would assume, Ben. Of course. We're, we're, we're everywhere. We're like a skin disease. <laughs> so, yeah, Squiggly's uh, going to be there in force at the Manchester Animation Festival. We've got a couple of screenings coming up, haven't we, Ben? I believe so, yes. I, um, there are two uh, Squiggly showcase fringe events that involve some of the films that we've been very, very fond of. Or films that, you know, we've featured on the website, people that we've had special uh, affection for over the years and films that have been involved in the showcase and... Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun putting them together. I hope they'll be fun to watch. It's been a little while since uh, Laura and I put it together a screening. We did the um, Love, Lust and Libido last year, which was very good fun. Um, that was here in Bristol. And uh, these are not quite as uh, uh, lusty and libido-y, um, although there might be a Susan of lust and or libido here or there. But this is more, you know, just a general animation screening, animations that are just uh, very, very good. Nice. A nice reflection of the squiggly community as well. Indeed, that's certainly a component of it. It's one of the things I think that really uh, helps determine where, where we sort of go for looking for inspiration. And uh, we don't have to go that far. People are, are usually very willing to kind of throw really, really good work at us. As we see every Tuesday, of course, we do squiggly self-promotions on Twitter. Um, that's always a great sort of excuse to see some great stuff that the listeners and the readers are coming up with. As well as the stuff that's always on our radar from going to other festivals and things like that. It's just nice to have an extra little stream of, of exciting new uh, original work coming in. Good, good. As well as the uh, Squiggly screenings, there's also going to be the uh, Squiggly animation quiz hosted by uh, me and you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Now, is this going to be, because you're going to be the quiz master of, of sorts, you put together these quizzes, generally speaking. Now, is this going to be predominantly animation themed or is there going to be some general knowledge in there it's going to be animation i mean i know nothing about the outside world ben i'm so sheltered within an animation cocoon i don't know anything about sport news weather i don't know <laughs> i don't know anything else we all, it's always a good laugh when we do it as well isn't it there's always uh, the, the the big run to the table for people grabbing the prizes off the table lots to look forward to there yeah you don't want to uh, you don't want to be slow when it comes to that, because I saw it at the Bradford Animation Festival, it was like jackals. <laughs> Pushing people aside as they get to, you know, a nice sort of, you know, Disney Pixar art of tome. And then, you know, but if you're, if you're too late, you're, all that's left is going to be a Family Guy episode guide. So And nobody wants that. Not even Music Magpie wants that. <laughs> you get the error message saying, no. <laughs> I'm sorry if some well-intentioned family member gave this to you as a Christmas present. You're going to have to burn it (laughs) if you want want rid of it, because we ain't taking it. We'll buy VHS. We'll we'll take that VHS of Critters 3 off you, but we won't take take a Family Guy book off you. (laughs) So yeah, lots of squiggly stuff to look forward to at the Manchester Animation Festival. And uh, have there been any new... Things announced since the last two weeks? Uh, yeah, we've not announced. We've got some big events coming up soon, uh, but we haven't announced them yet. So if you want to find out, you must follow the Manchester Animation Festival on Twitter at MCR Animation. Please subscribe to the newsletter, and you can do that by visiting manchesteranimationfestival.co.uk. So uh, other events up north, you're going to be doing a presentation at home 
I am, yes. Which is the uh, the big venue up there. And this is uh, it's an animation-themed one, as I'm sure the audience might have been able to predict, for a Spanish director. That's right. Sam. That's his full name. He doesn't have a surname. Ah. The Sam chap. He's made uh, quite a few films, but he's also recently done a feature. That's right, yeah. He's, uh, his, his feature was released last year. It's called Possesso. Um, it is a an animated take on, on The Exorcist and Poltergeist and... Uh, loads of other homages to to the kind of horror and thriller genre. He is, I think it's probably safe to say he's he's kind of like the Spanish Nick Park. Hmm. Although I think Nick Park's probably the Spanish Nick Park, uh, as they do get Nick Park's work in Spain as well. But he's heavily influenced by uh, Nick Park and Ardman and many others. Uh, although Possesso is probably closer to the kind of film we are due to expect from Mike Mort, who we had on the podcast mm. uh, a, fair, a few episodes ago, in that it's it's basically it's just a loving homage to to these films from the 70s and 80s put together in uh, stop motion. With quite a bit of violence and gross-out stuff. and Plenty of that, absolutely, yeah. But it's sort of a celebrity deathmatch vibe. There certainly is, yeah. A celebrity deathmatch like the films of Mike Mort, like Gogs, or he's uh, Chuck Steele, that kind of good old-fashioned, boisterous animation for the sake of it. I think it looks like a great film. I saw some uh, some puppets for it on display at Annecy uh, last year. There was a big um, gallery of puppets from various stop-motion productions, and I liked that one because the characters were very sort of clearly in reference to, you know, sort of existing movie monsters and things like that. You can tell there is definitely a... A really strong fondness for the genre, much in the same way that, you know, as you say, Mike Mort in his kind of homage to those those high octane action thriller type films wasn't ripping the piss out of them, but was actually kind of writing a love letter to them. Mm-hmm. So I would suspect from uh, from what I've seen and from the uh, the other films of uh, Sam that I've seen, this will have a sort of similar vibe. It'll be that kind of loving tribute. And it is. It certainly is. Um, it's it's a great tribute. The problem is, though, is that not many people have seen it because it's not had much of a, 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 a very wide distribution. But that's about to change. <laughs> Dag nabbit. We should make it change. Yeah. But uh, it is going to be screened in the UK. Uh, I don't think it's its premiere. Um, I think it gets its premiere um, soon, probably while this podcast goes out. Um, but it is going to be screened, as, as we've just said, at home in Manchester uh, on the 7th of November. And it's going to be screened as part of uh, the Viva Spanish and Latin American Film Festival, or the Viva uh, Weekender, at least, which is taking place at home, which is just a, a huge um, film festival dedicated to, as you may expect, Spanish and Latin films. Obviously, Manchester being the perfect <laughs> location for that. Both the time and the place. Yeah, absolutely. Viva la Revolución. <laughs> Luckily, uh, they, we, we, get to, we get to sample some Spanish animation out of that as well. And, uh, you know, Sam does go in this interview, uh, uh, quite a fascinating chat about, um, about Spanish animation and his own career. I mean, if we look at his, his back catalogue in, in 10 years, well, in, in, in uh, just over 10 years, his first film, Encarna, was in 2003. And since then, he's, he's created Hermetico, Semantica... Attack of the Murderous Critters, The Pig, uh, Vicenta, and just finished Possesso, a feature film. That's hours worth of stop motion animation and like superb quality stop motion animation as well. I mean, some of these were like um, 20 minutes long, half an hour long. And there's no let up in the quality of his actual, you know, his animation standards. 
and he's just gone for it. He's just been able to just create these, you know, short film after short film, and now he's got the resources together to create Possesso. It's just great to see. Shall we uh, one more time let the audience know when and where they can uh, check that presentation out? Uh, I'll be doing a one-hour introduction um, called Animation, Not Just for the Hell of It, which takes place uh, on Saturday the 7th of November. That's this Saturday, if you're listening to the podcast as it comes out, at 4.40 in the afternoon. So yeah, we'll be looking at the uh, the influences um, of like both the film and uh, the animation influences, uh, looking at some clips from his other work, and uh, basically you know putting the film in context really before the feature is actually screened. So hopefully it will be a good uh, a good little thing that will whet people's appetites. Mm-hmm. And to whet your appetite before you whet your appetite, we actually have an interview with Sam right now. Excellent. How do you like them apples? I do. I like them very much, Ben. That's good news. Well, I hope I hope the audience does too. Shall we hear from Sam, the director of Possesso? Please. Wonderful stuff. Here he is. So, Sam, thank you very much for speaking to me today. I'd be very interested to hear as to how you got started in animation. Well, it, in fact, I was my, my first animation was was when I was about nine years old, and I started to do my first stall motion with. Super 8 camera, and I start to do this, but all, my whole family says, no, this is not a real job. You have to look after a real profession. And they say this so hard that at the end, I decided to, to remove my dreams about to be a filmmaker, and I start to be, be a rock star. And I think it was worse my second choice on my first and I and I was working as a, a guitar player and tried to find a job in this strange world for um, until I was 22 or 23 and then I, I realized it was going to be really hard to, to, to be a rock star and I decided to try another, another, a different story and I always have a, a very good skills drawing and painting and I went to the fine arts high school, and there I I saw I, I recognized there is a, a possibility to do animation, cartoon animation. And I was really in love, coming back to my old dreams, and and everything was really um, quickly. And when I was twenty five or twenty six, I was working in, in the animation business in, in my hometown in Valencia. It's a very small city, but I keep in contact with uh, very small companies and they give me the opportunity to start. As, uh, at the beginning, was as art director and making props and was doing stop motion animation. Uh, I think that is the reason I follow my career doing stop motion animation, but I, I really like every kind of filmmaking. Uh, not just animation, but animation, it's really, for me, it's its my first love. But when I start as, when I was 10 years or 9 years old, I always thought about stop motion animation as a, a special effect. I never think about to make a, a whole film uh, just doing stop motion. And my mind was like uh, Star Wars or uh, Reichardhausen films. Those films has a lot of animation, but just as special effects. I never think about to make a whole film just with stop motion. 
but then appears Nightmare Before Christmas, and this changes everything. And at the same time, I I find uh, short films in in my hometown from several guys who made clay animation, and at the same time, I I saw the Nick Park films and Arman films. Well, I was I saw several more things, but and my mind was plasticine is just kids stuff or something I really don't be very interested in that but when I, when I saw Nightmare Before Christmas this changed my point of view about to to make films just in the stop motion not as a special effects it's the main thing is going to tell the story with animation characters and that's the the, the real point was this and this was about 1999 or maybe on, on that year, I start to make my 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 own films. So, uh, so between, so, yeah, so between between the sort of release of of Nightmare and then 1999, you began making making your own films. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about your influences. You you, you did you told us there about Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Nick Park. My biggest influence was Phil Tippett, was the guy behind the. The Star Wars stop motion animation, and of course, uh, Reichhausen. Those guys are my biggest influence in not just in animation, even in filmmaking. I saw those films hundreds of times, and, and that's my, my biggest influence. And then there is a guy in Spain, is called uh, Pablo Llorens, and I was very lucky because he lives in the same city as me. And when I saw his short films, I, I think, okay, I can do this. Even I can improve this. And and I met him very fast. And he was really a, a real gentleman. And he invited me to work with him. And I was working with him my whole life. And I mean, he's, he works for me and my, and my short films. And even in Possesso, he, he has this own thing. And I always try to work with him. It's, it's a relation for the last 20 years. And maybe this is one of the biggest influence because he, he explains me what we are going to do, this kind of films with very low money, with the, the, the stuff we got here. We, we don't have really good tools on those days. Now we got everything but in those days there is no internet and, and it was very difficult to find stuff and he helps me a lot and also the the other influence was the the Arman stuff um, Nick Park it is maybe the, the biggest because and on those days you, you can find the Wallace and Gromit short films in in videotape and and the rest was very difficult when when DVD appears it was more easy but it was 2001 2000 and, and we start to buy some DVDs from from different uh, series and films is made by Peter Lore or Arman or, and, and a lot of British animation too, like the, the Paul Berry, all, all the Magnum Sanders stuff, that's marvelous, incredible puppets. You, you don't believe that can be real. Mm -hmm. And and the, I think those and of course. Uh, before Christmas was a huge influence too, but as a, I think all these guys are my 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 background maybe. There is more, 
I really enjoy the Quiet Brothers or Starevich or Spar Meyer. Mm -hmm. They are really big influences, but I meet these guys later in, in, in animation film festivals and really it was four years after I started really to, to do my own thing. It seems to be, uh, besides um, Pablo, what, what films would a, would a British audience recognise from Pablo? What, what, what kind of stuff does he do? The, the thing with Pablo is he, he never made films for outside Spain. He, he made his films with very low budget and he's very pleased just to to release his short films or his TV series here in Valencia. He don't have a really big uh, aspirations. I don't, I, I don't hope to tell you. It, in Valencia, it's, it's very famous or is a local star maybe but he don't try to go even to barcelona with but i think happy enough okay i, I, I can tell you anything if, if you want i can send you several links from his website and you can see his stuff it's it he has really good stuff that would be that would be great thank you he's not very i can find the word it's, it's not he keeps it local yeah he, he don't thing about big success or what he got it's enough for him mm -hmm. that's, but i think it's a really good filmmaker that's real it's really interesting that you talk about your influences and your influences you seem to outsource influences look towards uh, britain america um you know europe what's the spanish animation industry like as a growing up and wanting to get into animation uh, around the, the the year two thousand, what kind of um, what was there? What was readily available for you? Uh, the, the thing is, uh, two thousand was a really strange moment in the animation business because it was everybody thought it's going to be a, a huge success because Spain starts to make two D animation, a, a really high quality films, and on those days. They released a film called Three Kings and another called El Cid, but there was not a big success. It was a huge film, I think, really well done. But um, then appears the CG animation, and everything collapsed. All the studios who are making 2D animation and they are really improved to do high quality to the animation collapse on those days in 2000 and then appeared this new kid on blog is CGI and everybody wants to do this and almost every studio uh, closed his doors and then it starts new uh, way to filmmaking in, in, in animation in CGI and it's almost 10 years nothing happens more or less mm -hmm. But maybe it was the, the, the first big success, I think, in the animation business in Spain was Pocoyo. Okay. I don't know if you know Pocoyo. I, th I think this was the, the, the main door. There was another film really, really well done, but very strange way because it's very uh, USA film was called uh, Planet 51, I think. Was yes. Called. Yeah. It's really well done film, but it was not a big success until three or four years or five years appears two really cool films. One is Wrinkles, 
don't know if yep. it's it's two D animation. Sorry, it's 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 really cool because it's it's a film not not for kids. It's animation not for kids. And also the other film was Chico and Rita. Mm-hmm. And also Chico and Rita was nominated for the Academy Award and, and for the Oscar. It was it was not very huge success. I mean, in in terms of uh, box office, but but those films, Wrinkles and and Chico and Rita, uh, has a a lot of uh, recognition. Of, um, he wins a lot of prizes and a lot of festivals. That was really good for the for the business. And also, uh, three years ago, I think, or four years, I first one film in CGI is called Tadeo Jones. I think it was released like with the name of that in in the rest of the world. But this is the biggest hit in in animation business. The, the box office was about 20 million uh, euros. It was incredible. And those guys right now are have released another film called Top the Flag of... I don't know the name in English. It's, it's about a guy, a, a small kid who, who went to the moon with a rocket, with a grandfather. It's, it's an adventure. Uh, it's, it's now in cinemas. And also, it's a big success too in in terms of box office. And they are working on the next uh, Tadeo film. Um, right now, it's, it's it's a really sweet moment for the animation. There is a lot of things happened. Uh, there are more films like uh, Justin. Um, Justin, I don't know. In Spain, was the, the name was Justin. Um, the Brave Swore or something. Oh, okay. Know. Yep. I think I know. I think I know what you mean. The the Ginger Knight, was that the one? Which one? Sorry. It was. It was like a knight. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like a, a Camelot film. Yes. You know, this yeah. Kind of, and there is also uh, the, right now. It's there are some guys making a, a CG film here in Valencia. Uh, it's called Animal Crackers, but it's now in production. But but they are just starting production. They finished the pre-production two or three months ago, and now they're starting doing the animation. And the thing is going to be released, I think, the, at the end of the next year. I'm, I'm not very sure about that. But, but there is a lot of things happening right now. A lot of TV series in Valencia. Or at the same time, we're shooting Possesso. There is another guy called Javier. Is doing what is he was doing a TV series called uh, Clay Kids. It's a stop motion, and it's, it's a, 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 for me in my mind is is a big budget uh, series. It's fifty two captures of ten minutes or twelve minutes. It's, it's a lot of production for a very small city like Valencia, but. I mean, I think it's a, a really interesting moment right now in, in the animation business. There's a lot. There's, there's 2D animation. The 2D animation is very artistic right now. It's, there's another film called Sicanautas right now. It's, it's started on, on festivals. Uh, there is some stop motion. I made my film. I, I think there is no other film right now shooting on stop motion but there are several short films 
but the, the biggest uh, thing in the industry is CG because th there is a lot of CG films. Mm -hmm. The last thing was released, Mortadelo y Filemon, I don't know the name in English, but it's a very famous comic book in Spain for the last 50 years. And they made an animation film, really, really cool film. I mean, there is a lot of industry, more than ever. Ten years good. ago, nobody was so optimistic about this is going to be. I think we are we are very pleased of this. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a like it's it's blooming now. It's it's really going from from strength to strength over in Spain. But if we could go back to your career now and look that as as Spanish animation has blossomed, and when you talk about films such as Chico and Rita and Wrinkles, you know, as these films were kind of making a name for Spanish animation, you yourself. Uh, were creating short films, Encarna, Hermetico, Semantica, and uh, Attack of the Murderous Critters. Uh, and then, and then, I suppose the first thing I saw of yours would oh. have been Vin uh, Vincenta. That's my last short film. Mm. Vincenta was my last short film, and the thing is, we released Encarna in I Vincenta in festivals, but uh, the the idea was to make a feature film with three of my last my, my last three short films the idea was to make a, a feature with these three films and another is it was going on that and on those days and also there is a, a storyline in between and make a feature film with like captures but on but the, the producer uh, ran away with the money <laughs> <laughs> And, and, helps. and the film was incomplete. But yesterday, I have a meeting with another producer trying to find a way to finish this film because for me, it's an unfinished business. And, and, and I feel like something is not completed and, 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 I, and I'm trying to raise the money to finish that film. But I don't know if it's going to be easy because what Possessor has been a complete disaster in in the way it was released in Spain because it was really really bad uh, release film there was a very few uh, no theater. publicity no publicity no not at all nothing and and also it was really bad bad weekend just that weekend and, and, and but the producer take the decision and and, and and don't listen to anybody and he do what he wants and it was a terrible disaster and now it's going to be hard to to, to tell somebody to put money and do something with this precedent that's that's a shame to hear and it's it, it, it I, i'm sure you're not the first and I, I know that you're not the first stop motion animator to have created a uh, stop motion feature only to be let down by box office but what the film does have what possesso does have is hopefully critical acclaim I, I i absolutely adore the film i think it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic piece of filmmaking and uh, you know, we talked about your influences there, which are, I see. There's also influences not only from animation, but mm -hmm. from the obvious the Exorcist, uh, Aliens, Indiana Jones. Right at the beginning, um, it's you, you. You clearly have a lot of fun with with your films. One film I didn't mention earlier on in your short film was The Were Pig, oh, and that was Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, what, sorry, Chainsaw Massacre, and it was a mix of. 
the Chainsaw Massacre, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. and an American Werewolf in London. I, I always try to, I'm not very original, I think. I always copy the films I really enjoy. And those films, I really enjoy. And I was very scared when I saw it. I saw it as a kid and tried to make a funny version of my horror films. I don't try to scare people. Just make it laugh if it's possible. Well, it is possible, and it did make me laugh. I, I, re I particularly liked in The Pig something I've never heard before, which, which I could only assume is the Spanish interpretation of what an American sounds like. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's terrible. <laughs> no, that was, it was, I'm, it was I'm funny, very funny. In the film, trying to look as American. My English is terrible, but <laughs> I thought... If we talk like doing something like this, it's going to, not for the American or for the British people, but for the Spanish people, it's going to work. And But I think it, it doesn't work even here. But, <laughs> uh, I, I have a lot of friends from America and they say, no way, no. <laughs> but I, on those days, I, I, I didn't meet, meet him. I do what I thought is going to be funny. I, I don't try to be impolite with the American people, but if you live in Spain, there is a lot of people, uh, the, the tourism, there is really good tourists who come to Spain just to have, get fun and, and enjoy and see things. That, but there's a lot of tourist people who come here with just one thing in his mind is destroy everything. <laughs> and there is a lot of people like that. There are places in, in the coast and the seaside. If you go there in summer, it's a really strange uh, thing. And and this film was based on a holiday I got in 2004. And so these guys really, really drunk and doing the most strange things you can do on the middle of the street. And I thought, oh wait, imagine if these guys confuse their, their to take the bus to go to the beach and they go to the the middle of the desert of Spain, and that was the idea. Wow, those guys! Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, I thought on those days it's going to be great. It was. It was a great. It was a great film. I really enjoy it. And and even though the version I've seen is Spanish with no subtitles, your films pantomime very well, uh, like a silent film. So they can be appreciated, and we can appreciate the the drama. You have seen the films without subtitles. Yes. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense to me because of the the way that the the, the stories are staged and the way that the. Send me your, your your address and I'll send you a DVD with subtitles. Oh, perfect. We've got with subtitles since the last year, not before, but right now we have a, a DVD with a compilation with all the short films in with English subtitles. Oh, lovely! And I can send you a copy, uh, please. Oh, excellent! Thank you very much. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> Um, it's the last I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, uh, the, you talked about how you want to make films that are funny to you, and that remind me, and your films remind me of someone who I think you're a friend of, and that's the films of Mike Mort. Of course. I'm a huge fan of... I forgot to tell you, there's so many people. I meet the work of Mike because I'm a heavy metal player. Mike oh, wow, okay. He's showing me your axe there. Nice. <laughs> and 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 I was very fond of a MTV program about heavy metal. Was 
had Bangladesh ball. It was on, t- on MTV on Sundays, I think. And the introduction for the program was a uh, stop motion animation with a guy who fights a plant, uh, a, a mutant plant. And I was so impressed with that. And I was, and, and I really enjoyed that. And well, it, it was one of my biggest influence too, to, to do stop motion with clay puppets. Uh, but I forgot this for a lot of years. And also, I'm a, a huge fan of Gogs, the TV series. Yes. But I never know who made this. And several years before, I made, I met Mike through Facebook because he was doing um, something in clay. And I don't know he was the guy behind this animation. Uh, but, but I mean a, a, a guy who is called Peter. Peter Dugert, he passed away two weeks ago or three weeks. It's terrible. Oh, we, sorry we've been with him one month ago in New York and he passed away and, and, and Mike and, and he told me about Mike as the guy behind this animation. And I was so impressed. And and this year when we got our first holidays for the last eight years, we went to to England and we went to the studio of Mike to see who is going, who is going the production of to to still the night of the Trumpire. Amazing! Oh, it was really, really amazing. We really enjoyed the short film. The short film is awesome. It's, I, I think Mike Moore and me are uh, twin souls or something. It's it's so similar. The sense of humor. It's I think we are quite similar it's not the same kind of films but there are a lot of things i recognize we love the 80s films we love we enjoy the same music almost it's 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 great and and see him doing this film it's like a fish out of water it's really difficult to find money to make this kind of film and he do it that's brilliant Mm. I really love Mike Moore's stuff, and this film is going to be the best stop motion film ever. Wow, high praise <laughs> indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure. Well, no, maybe not for the rest of the audience, but for me. Yes, <laughs> it, it's great. I mean, we said about loving the '80s. Um, what Mike does is Mike does the action films, and yeah. you, you deal with action as well, but you deal more with. Uh, as we've said, um, Poltergeist, Hellraiser, The Exorcist, and that's okay, what Possesso. But the stuff, but Mike is more in in action cops uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or uh, Steven Seagal or something. But at the same time, he really enjoys the horror films like The Thing or or The Blob, Tremors, all, all those films that. that mm, the John Carpenter films, of the Big Trouble in Little China. This is one of our favorites. But the films, Mike Moore has it on his desk, on the posters. It's the same as I got in mind. It's the same. His, his studio, it looks almost the same as me. And I was very pleased when, when we went, we went, my wife and me, this, this summer. And we spent, I think, three or four days working with them. Just for pleasure, no. Excellent. But it's, Mike is it's a wonderful person. Also, it's I really I I really pray to has a success enough with this film to make another. 
and another, and that's great, it's great. There is a lot of animators working with him that work with me and at Arman or in other projects, and they are really with a lot of passion because it's so difficult to make this kind of film, just fun films mm. and not for kids. That's very important because it's very difficult to try to convince an, um, a producer to put money in an animation film not for kids. Their mind explodes and yeah. I think it's impossible. It's, it's, it's really hard. Well, you, uh, you managed to do it. You managed to do with Possesso, your uh, feature yeah. film. Uh, we, we did it get its premiere at Annecy this year? Oh, no. The, pre the premiere was in the Sitges Film Festival the year before. And that's, that's the premiere in Spain. Well, the worldwide was in Sitges Film Festival. I would say Spain, the premiere, I'm, I'm not sure about this, but maybe it was in Brussels, in at Anima, in the Brussels Animation Film Festival. I'm not sure about this, but more or less was this. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us where the idea for Possesso came from? Well, it's, it's simple. I love The Exorcist. And I thought, how oh, we can make this film if the story happens not in Cleveland or wherever, or Wisconsin, if it happens in Spain. This, this woman is going to be an actress? Say, no, it's going to be a flamenco singer or flamenco dancer or something like that. And there's the story that the, the, the rest of the story is try to, to look for the, the parallel character in, in the States and in Spain. And then when you've got all the, the crew, the, you, you just follow the story. You have to change a lot of things because it's not that easy as that, but that's the point was, I like this, the, the exorcist happens in Spain, in my city. What happens? What kind of preacher or whatever, or the father of the guy or, or the, the, the boy itself. And it, it's the film, it's against the TV shows. I don't know if in England, sure, you, you got this kind of terrible TV shows. We got a fair share a, of them. A, a lot of people telling how you have to do your life or live your life and they have any knowledge about anything they have no studies they have no profession they have nothing just maybe even i don't know maybe they are in bed with the with a famous it's terrible it's i mean i hate that the gossip the, the, the gossip the film is about this this the people who have nothing to do and they grow up to famous because they are the song of, of a famous something and they haven't and they're going to be very famous just because of this that's the evil for me that's the, the devil and i tried to put this in the film that's the the, the, the main idea was where's the devil the devil come from from tv of course that's that is kind of personified really well in the film in the in the when uh, little Damien's watching the television and, and watching his family being discussed and manages to cause carnage to the <laughs> to the studio. Oh, and he has the power to change that yeah. in his own way. Uh, and also I love Poltergeist. <laughs> There's very clear reference to Poltergeist in that particular scene. If I got the opportunity to, to make a homage to a film I like, even if it's just one frame, I'll do. Oh, there is another... Well, maybe a lot of people don't recognize that, but there is a small poster like this in the Damien's uh, room, and it's 
about a non-exist TV series called The Noblet. And The Noblet is from the Adam Elliot masterpiece, Marion Max. So to the date, it's my favorite stop motion film. I hope Michael Moore's it's going to be the same for for me. But to to date, for me, Mario Max is the best film ever done in stop motion. Another uh, stop motion animator like yourself, like Mike, who has to, who, who's really had to uh, struggle to get features made to get people to realize the vision that uh, it's not just for children. Uh, Adam Adam's the same. I, I think he's really great because. His film, he has a, a, a big budget for me. For me, it's a big budget. I think it's half of Sean the Sheep film, but even like this, it's a big budget. I don't know the budget exactly, but my film was 1 million euros, the, the whole budget, and nobody believes that, but it's true. I'll take your word for it, but I find it difficult to believe it. It looks like a real high-quality production. It's for a million yeah, euros. Wow. It was just one million, and for, for me it's hard to believe sometimes there is a film and, and the producer tell me, no, but our film has the budget is eight million. It, it looks like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can do a really good film with one million. Yeah, I could make eight I, great films for that. <laughs> I, I don't want to make another film like this with one million, please, because it's really hard to do it. But the thing is, we used a lot of stuff we got from the previous short films and also the style of the film was completely developed. You don't have to think what's going to look like anything because the style is, was so clear that we can do with that budget. We have to start to make a new line of design characters, of design sets. was impossible with that budget because we have to do everything new. But we got a lot of stuff from the previous short films, and we use it a lot. Right. Okay. That's the reason, maybe it's, it's cheap. So, if we can turn to the stop motion industry in Spain, how how easy was it to populate the film with animators, set designers, model makers? Is there a big stop motion industry in Spain, or did you did you kind of like get people across from abroad to help you? No, it's it's. I think in Spain there is enough people, but those guys, the, the really good ones, they are working for Arman or for Laika or for Tim Martin, they are not here. And, and we have to teach or to, to train uh, a lot of people for possessor, uh, model makers and prop makers and set designers, everything. There are people who came from from working on a small project like short films or, or TV series, but this was his first feature film. But almost the 80% of the work was done by people who has any knowledge in the stop motion industry. And they are now really good workers. They are working outside here. If I have, had, if I have to do another film, I have to train a new people again because all those guys are working in, in Adarman. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like that. They fly. Yeah. Well, That's why. Maybe you train them too well. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm very... Uh, I demand a lot. 
I always tell you, you can do it better, you have to do it better. We didn't find enough animators in Spain, and we bring people from from UK, and we bring people from from America, from, from South America. There's a guy from uh, Paraguay, or Uruguay, and there's another from Cuba. Uh, really, really good animators. Um, there are some from Spain. Myself, I do some of the animation. And there's other guys who used to work. But the, the thing was, at the same time, was doing this TV series, like it, and, and they pay be better than me. And they ask less than me, and the people go there. All right. <laughs> oh dear. That's the thing. I've, you have to do the best you could, but we, we have a very low money to do this film. Mm. We, we do as best as we can with the things we got. You can you you have to bring something from. Oh, oh I know this guy, but this guy's going to cost me three more times than the money I got. Yeah. But there are a lot of. Animators, really good animators, who came just like a favor, just for one one month or two months, just to try to help me to to finish the film. I, I really thank you to all these guys. <laughs> Excellent, and it, it it is a great film. Um, it is it is great to see that these films uh, have the platform to be made, um, and that there's a call for them, and that there are pe plenty of people willing to to help you, Mike. Adam uh, out in their vision to make these stop motion feature films. Are you? I mean, what's the reaction been to the film uh, worldwide? Possesso, it's, it's a very local film, but I saw it in a in a very different countries with very different people, and they really love the film. But always there is something or someone who doesn't like happens here them too, but. The, the reaction also in Spain, I saw the film in, in a lot of places in Europe, but I saw also the film in, in Ottawa, I went um, in Chile, in Brazil, and a lot of different countries, and everybody loves the film. I mean, not everybody, but almost the 80% of the public who went to the to the screening, they re always come later and say, wow, you make a great film, and we got a really good reviews, and people who send emails telling they really enjoy the film. But the thing is, it's the, the, the film was born death. It, it, the, the only opportunity he has that the people to see the films go to a film festivals. Mm. It's, it's not going to be released anywhere because the, the guy in charge to, to sell the rights has done nothing in a year, has sell the film to nobody, any country, and any platform, not to be released in cinemas or DVD or Netflix or whatever. Oh, that's a it's, terrible shame. Yeah. That's a very yeah. terrible shame, because I was going to ask if there was a possibility of putting it on Vimeo On Demand or on Netflix or I'm something. I'm sure about this, and a lot of people come to me and says, I want to release the film. I said, okay, I don't have the right to sell, but I'm going to put you in contact with the guy who has the right to sell my film. And they later tell me, I write to this guy, and he says nothing. And he says, and it's a file, why you don't say, ah, because this is not enough money or whatever. And well, he don't want to do nothing. It's terrible. That, that's, that's, it's a shame that getting the film made is only half the battle. You know that's that that is that is a shame. I know now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if 
Despite all this, four years before, maybe I didn't make this film. Mm. No, 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 in this way. I've, it was terrible. Don't, don't have the sales manager sign the contract before because at the end, the, the decision it was the, the guy who take the decision to we're going to give the rights to South worldwide to this one. It's not me. It's, it's the producer. Is yeah. In the best words I can tell you, it's stupid and it's not very. It's just a describe. Um, it's not an insult. It's just. It's, it's, it's stupid. Hmm. Well, maybe we can encourage the squiggly audience to to get behind the film and and uh, yeah, encourage encourage them to kind of if, if if they like the sound of Possesso and 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 you know the people who see it at the uh, at Viva um, at home this the, weekend. The, the UK premiere is this. I don't know if it's going to be later in another festival, but we try to send, but we 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 just try. We can send some festivals but the mm. guy who has to do it is not doing no it's a shame it's a shame to hear so what what's next for you sam wow it's, it's, i, I would like to make more films but uh, it's difficult because my film is is not a success and it's difficult to tell a producer we're going to make another film and in the best of the case they say okay it's going to be a stop motion animation. I say, no, I'm going to do live action with stop motion and a mix. And I want to do it as a musical film. And that's my idea right now. Excellent. I want to do that, but it's very difficult because, well, the thing is, I, I haven't started to go to the film market. or the thing is, the film is not written yet. Hmm. I just made a uh, small draft, but it's not really cool one. But but I hope for the next spring to get something more clear, easy to sell, and I will try. But because it's going to be hard. But my idea is to do it in a very cheap way and try to make a production with a lot of countries to make me feel sure that the film almost is going to be released on those countries. Hmm. It's so frustrating to I can't do nothing with this. I, I want to be sure the film is going to be almost several places to be released. That's the, the thing I would like to do, co-production, for many reasons, of course, but also because of this. I want to be sure it's going to be almost in several countries, and there are people in different places uh, fighting for the film, not just one who don't want to fight. That's the problem. Hmm. Well, good luck with that. I hope I hope it goes well. It's it's interesting to hear that you that you, although you're going to be going live action, that you're still keeping stop motion in there. What is it that you love so much about stop motion? The the thing with this film is I want to go back to my memories as stop motion as a special effect, and and it's it's, it's not going to be like a Reichhausen film in the terms of uh, the, thematically. So the story is not going to be like this. My film is going to be a very dark film. It's going to be for adults. It's going to be a musical film. I, I want to make it really operistic. Operatically? O operatic. Operatic, yeah. But with heavy metal music. Nice. I was wondering when heavy metal was going to come in. <laughs> well, there's going to be more music, not just heavy metal. But 50% is going to be heavy metal. 
and I and I and I want to do this. And my my idea for the film is to make some kind of it's like a music video, an hour and a half of music video with with a lot of visual things. But, but it's going to be a very dark film. Yeah, did you know? Of course, Bollocks Brothers. What? What? Sorry. Uh, the Bollocks Brothers. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I really love the he he visual the visual way the they made the film the the Tom Tom film was really really impressive on me this film and also the I Mike Mike forgot my booth the guy who made the short films like the Saints Inspector I don't know if you remember it's it's a it's an old short film it's Saints Inspector and Little Dark Poet. There's two short films made by Bollocks Brothers. I really love it. And they also make commercials for Fanta. And I'm really, really in love with this style. And my idea is to make a film similar to this. It's more near than... For, it's more similar to Terry Gilliam films than to animation film. I'm not looking forward to do something like... Uh, Roger Rapp. You can imagine. I don't know if anybody can imagine. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I, Heavy metal, Terry Gilliam. You're ticking all the right boxes for me. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan also of Terry Gilliam, and I, I hope I, I, I got the opportunity to make this. But, but, but I don't know. I'm going to make a really nice book about the science and the script, and and I, I'm going to start to, to start to, to sell to the people. For the next summer, I think, I'm trying to find people really in love with the film. Not just interested. I don't need this. I, we need a lot of people. Not, not too much people, but people with real passion. Because it's going to be very hard to do this. And very hard to sell this. Because it's so strange, the film. But that's what I want to do. A different film. Excellent. Oh, thank you, thank you very much for talking to me today, Sam. That's great. You're welcome. So joining me on the podcast now, freshly returned from the Dublin Animation Festival, is Katie Steed, creative director of Slurpy Studios. And uh, you may have heard Katie on the podcast before. She also writes for uh, Squiggly. And she uh, the last thing she presented was the Glen Keane interview. Is that right, Katie? Was it the Glen Keane interview? I think that probably was the last thing, yeah. That was a very good day. Are you still on a high from that Glen Keane interview? <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, every, every time I get a little bit down, I, I look at the, the drawing he did for me and, and there's no bad mood that that can't fix. Oh, well, every time I want to be in a bad mood, I just imagine that you've got a Glen Keane drawing and I haven't. Yeah. So. <laughs> you do have a Daniel Greaves, don't you, Steve? I do have a few. I do have a few yeah. bits and bobs. I, yeah, I, 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 I complain too much. I do quite, I do quite well. You do. <laughs> um, so you've just come back from Dublin. I have, yeah, late last night. Yeah, tell us about Dublin. What's been going on in Dublin? Well, it's a fair city uh, where the girls are so pretty. And it had an animation festival, um, which, was, which was fantastic. It was uh, Friday and Saturday, really. So just quite a short little festival, but probably one of the most friendly, collaborative festivals I think I've ever been to. This has been dubbed DAF, the uh, Dublin uh, Animation yeah. Film Festival. Uh, who was there? Who was at the festival? Well, Nelson, Nelson Lowry was their big name. He's from Leica Studios and sort of a production designer from there. And he's... He's a fantastic guy. He's been everywhere. Um, Ian McKinnon gave a speech, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, and he's going to hate me, but it's uh, Michaela Chiappa, uh, which is, who's an editor at Carrot Animation. 
Uh, he gave a speech as well. Oh, and Damien O'Connor was there from Brown Bag Films. And Tom Moore was there from uh, Song of the Sea. Ah, excellent. Yeah. So um, a, a kind of a, a good scope of international uh, animation talent and local animation yeah, talent. Yeah, they really punch above their weight internationally. Last year they had Bill Plimpton there, which considering it's, you know, it's, it's not a big... It's not a huge festival. It's a two-day two-day event organised by one fantastic and very busy woman. Um, but they really do punch above their weight. But they also give a lot of weight to local people, you know, local films. And Dublin has a fantastic animation history. But was was that evident within the uh, within the uh, event? Was it was it like a, a celebration of of Dublin and all that Dublin uh, has to offer and has offered? Well, in the past? I, Ireland really more than Dublin. But yeah, it it really was. Um, in fact, one of my favourite films. From the from the just um, from one of the standard films, I, I looked it up, and he was from Dublin, and and a lot of the, uh, the local university they were all vol- volunteers at the festival, so there was a very Dublin community kind of spirit to it. Yeah, absolutely. Were you judging there this year? Yeah, yeah. Both uh, my uh, producer Aaron and I both judged this year different categories. Yeah, uh, Aaron, the uh, the silent partner, <laughs> sweetly, the uh, the guy who won't come on the podcast. He talks occasionally, just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Not choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is ironic. Is the only is one of the the three um, squiggly owners with a myself, Ben, and Aaron, and he's the only one with a, an understandable accent. So uh, <laughs> and, and yet he won't come on the podcast. So. <laughs> no, he's he's a backstage kind of guy. He's you know behind the scenes. And tremendous work he does too. Uh, so uh, somebody who's never been to the uh, Dublin Animation uh, Film Festival, uh, what did you experience? Where was it? What did I mean? Was it how you expected? I hadn't formed a lot of expectations. Uh, I hadn't ever been to Ireland before, and um, yeah, so I hadn't really, hadn't really got very, something very focused in my mind. Um, but so it's set. The first day is kind of at a university, and that's the all the speakers. And although I have to admit that, that it got sort of busier and busier throughout the day because the names sort of got slightly bigger. No offence to Mikhail at the beginning. I'm sure he'd agree with that. So we ended with Nelson Lowry, who did a fantastic speech. Uh, so that was in a, a university, um, and then the second day was in a sort of a fairly local cinema. And actually, I'm, I'm not sure I want to talk to you about this because it's such a nice small festival, and if they get any bigger at all, they're going to have to change location because it's it's just there's just not room enough for all the people that want to go. So I'm not sure how comfortable I am giving them a shout out because it's, it's just got a, a really nice spirit. You know, I mean, people always say at festivals that there's a nice mix between, um, you know, professionals and students and stuff. But and I think it's a big credit to the students there who are so friendly and so good at chatting to the professionals without any kind of embarrassment or um, subservience, you know, no deference to the, to the big guys. They just chat to them like they were people. And then the big guys sort of sort of did the same. You know, they, they took their cue from the students. So it just had this really nice atmosphere from day one, and everyone was buying everyone drinks, and that's not good for me. I'm lightweight, so. <laughs> Are you, you're scared of everyone finding out about this festival and it, and it quickly becoming Sundance or Comic Con or yeah, something like that? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, that would be great for the for the organizers, organizers. and um, Fanula O'Neill, the the main organizer, has done a phenomenal job of taking it. I think it's four or five years they've been running now, from a very small thing in Blackrock to the sort of. Dublin Animation Festival, and it's not quite in Dublin, it's in Dunleary, which is, you know, sort of a couple of miles outside. Um, Away from the hustle and bustle. Exactly. Well, One Direction were playing in Dublin city centre, so they had all the, uh, 
you know, they had all the big screens booked out. Well, all the more reason to leave Dublin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, tell us about the films. What, what films did you see? Sure. Um, well, we saw a lot of brown bag films. Um, uh, which one? Oh, Ode to Love, which I think won the the main award. And that's have you seen that one? It's about a. It's a very. It's a simple gag. It's a guy cast away on an island with a stick. Yeah, I've seen it. I do love it. And he, him, yeah, it's brilliant. That's a fantastic film. Um, but I think my favourite one. I probably shouldn't say it's my favourite because I was a judge, but the one I get highest marks to was a film called Snowfall by. Uh, is that by Connor Whelan? Oh yeah. He's a Dublin boy. Have you seen that? It was at Annecy. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. It is stunning. And the sound design on that film blew me away. And the colours, you know, just lovely. It didn't win. Um, but it should have done, <laughs> I think. It's a, got a great way of translating the euphoria when you're on a, on that high, when you're exactly. at that party, when you meet that person. Yeah. And then brings the... the it's such... I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but such a great way of, of translating that into, into animation. Yeah, exactly, and the the movement, and just how he sort of he completely disobeys the rules of gravity and everything like that, and just uses animation for everything that it can do to get that feeling across. And like I say, the sound design at that point, like <laughs> I was pretty sure the film wasn't going to end well for most of it. Uh, I'm not going to give away the ending or anything, but you know, I was I was properly digging my fingers into my chair, hoping it would end well for the guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, so that's Snowfall. People should definitely um, mm. look out for that. Oh one. yeah, check that one out. I know that uh, it's not out on like Vimeo yet, but there's certainly a trailer, so you can see the the way that the guy moves, and you know, just sort of sort of blobs from place to place. <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else was on the on the the list? The golden list, the winners. Oh, what else was good? Well, somewhere down the line, uh, which um, I think that's a brown bag film. Oh, and Tea with the Dead, have you seen that one? Tea with the Dead? No, I've not seen that. Yeah, it's an Irish film. It's, um, it's about a mortician who sort of has conversations with the people on his slab, I guess. Um, and so they sort of tell him about their lives retrospectively. And this one was about an Irish lady who, um, uh, who had obviously been one of the children who were taken away from young mothers, mm-hmm. sort of during the Catholic time. <laughs> Um, and it was about her sort of reuniting with her mother and her life, having been one of those children. And that was that was a very beautiful film. Did you uh, did you kind of did you learn something from that about uh, that actual condition? Or because it's not something I don't, I don't know if it's something that's really was really big in the UK. Really, was it? It was a very Irish kind of issue. Yeah, and it wasn't done in a very it wasn't done in a sort of didactic kind of way. Like this was wrong and this is what happened. You know, there was no sort of history lesson there. It was just one woman's story told by, you know, told in a first-person kind of narrative. Um, but not, she didn't do it in a sort of way to make herself feel bad or, you know, to sort of judge anyone. It was just her story. And actually, I think there was a, there was a feature film with Judy Dench, Palomina? Yeah, yeah. Quite recently. A Steve a, Coogan film, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so a, a similar kind of thing. So I think those stories are really starting to come out now as that generation of people kind of hit their 40s and 50s and, you know, and start to really chase down their own stories and tell their own stories. Mm. What better form to tell these stories than animation? Well, exactly. That's what I always said. And that film was just beautiful because it, it started really funny all about her childhood and then it just very suddenly took a very somber turn but without really changing the tone. So she was telling you all this stuff that, you know, is life-changing stuff. Oh, yeah, she suddenly discovered when she was 11 or so that her mum wasn't her mum and and all this stuff, but it was done in the same sort of upbeat tone. Ah, interesting. So, yeah, I really like What was the name of that one again? 
Uh, it was Tea with the Dead. I should look up who, who did it. Sorry. Tea with and the you know, Dead. It was, it was, yeah, Wiggly Woo. Wiggly Woo, uh, who also did another film, actually, uh, called Doopy Doo. Okay. Which, which only has three words in it, like Doopy Doo, Diddly Doo, and Dumpty Dum or something. Um, right. And I don't know how you'd ever script it, but it, it did have the whole audience laughing away. <laughs> I, I think we were a little old for the intended audience, but it really worked. Uh, Gary Gillan directed that. Yes, that's right. Actually, he, I think he, I saw his name come up a fair few times. I think he says Frank Kelly here as a cast. Was that um, is that Father Jack from Father Ted? <laughs> I think it probably is. Yeah, actually. Wow, it's uh, yeah. it's really going for the you know the the, the, the Irish all stars are out. Irish. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Is as well. <laughs> there were quite a lot like I've never been to Ireland before and Father Ted came up a lot oh really yeah a lot <laughs> I think next time I go I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to revise the series before I go that's always a good idea to revise Father Ted that's how you fit in I think yeah. in Ireland <laughs> um, I, uh, I noticed on the, the honourable mentions uh, Bamper by Daniel Evans uh, is up there as well what a I mean we were talking about uh, you know telling stories in animation and, uh, or, or maybe using animation to translate uh, something which which is a, a difficult story to tell with that uh, with tea with the dead, but uh, Bamper is such a kind of uh, tugs on the old heartstrings there, doesn't it? Yeah, fantastic film, and like you say, honourable mention, well deserved. Do you know what? There were so many films that could have got the honourable mention, um, both in the student and the professional category. It was wonderful to see. So you were there with a big list, and you had to whittle it down. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think um, for the way we judge, I, I assume this is pretty much the same at all festivals, is there were three judges, all of whom gave a mark out of ten in five categories. So appearance, whether or not it made its point, that kind of thing. So, you know, you, we gave each one a score and there was a clear winner in each in each category. Uh, so there wasn't much of a discussion. Once you added up three judges' scores across the five categories and all the films... There was no need for a sort of debate in this case. So, even, even though the film I like best didn't win, it was—I think it was my second choice that won. Mm. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I see the guy that made Snowfall, uh, Connor Whelan, I'll, I'm going to give him a shake of the hand because it was a damn good film. Yeah, is that your film of the festival? Yeah, definitely. It's the one that'll stay with me the most. Wow, wow. I think somewhere down the line is the one that won, and that's a worthy, worthy winner. Lovely film. Um, but just, you know, for me, the pacing of Snowfall and everything like that worked really well. Uh, so maybe we read the winners out here. Uh, Raidu uh, got social uh, recognition. Um, that's by uh, Abraham uh, Elegan, uh, an Israeli film. I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> oh, wow. So not much recognition <laughs> for the social recognition. No, I don't, I don't even remember that happening. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. No, I don't know. Um, but have you seen the... Um, have you seen the story will be revealed in the movie? Have you seen that one? No. Yeah, so that was a film made uh, with Fighting Words Project in association with Brown Bag Films. And it's one of those ones, um, like Arvin did a couple of years ago, where the kids sort of script it and give all the character designs and stuff, and then the sort of professionals step in and animate it. And there's just, some, there's just, just this thing that kids have that's just funny. I don't know how... I don't know at what age people lose that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, kids are just funny. So that had the whole audience laughing. And, you know, the two kids that had, um, I think it was, I assume it was the two kids whose voices were mainly in the film, uh, went off and collected their awards as, awards as well. So it was nice to see that they, you know, they got some recognition for that film because it really had the whole audience cracking up. Oh, that's good. I'll look out for that one. 
Yeah, I can't tell you what it was about because it was about a lot of things. Right. Had to in the way. Kids aren't necessarily that good at like sticking to a point. <laughs> but, uh, it was good, silly fun. Oh, good, good. Uh, the under 18s category. Yeah, so we had uh, Remember to Smile by Bibi Cuisson from the Netherlands and uh, Mitchell Goldfield, directed by Emmy and Lily Thompson from Sunderland. You're from Sunderland. I went to Sunderland I University. I'm not actually from Sunderland. Oh. No. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to be from Sunderland. Oh, no. <laughs> do you know Emmy and Lily Thompson? Um, yeah, it's a really small town. There's like five people there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're two of them. <laughs> uh, best Irish grad films. Did you hear about her dad? Which is again going to be one of my favourite films. I reckon um, for the next coming year, I'm going to see that. I know I'm going to see that at a lot of film festivals. It's a, a really cute little. Um, film and it, oh, I'm not sure I should say this but it just ends on the line like well you didn't see that coming did you <laughs> in that classic sort of Irish storytelling way it's a very personal film it feels very close you know it's about some quite fantastical stuff but it still feels like there's just this Irish storyteller telling it to you uh, so it's just you know a really nice sweet film and a lovely colour palette actually it's a good attempt at the Irish accent there as well that was my best. You should hear my Scottish. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's a disaster. Irish, I've been practising all week. <laughs> oh, God, not while you were there, I hope. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. And I'm not allowed back in Ireland now. <laughs> so what are going to do? <laughs> um, so what else got honourable mention there? Uh, yeah, the honourable mentions, the teacup, uh, which, do you know, actually quite similar, I think, to Did You Hear About Her Dad?, uh, it's one of those films that sort of starts quite somber and you say, you know, sometimes in festivals you can sort of get the tone of a film quite quickly and, you know, if it doesn't sort of suit your sensibilities and about everyone else, but I, I tend to slightly doze because festivals are long and hard and, and cinemas are hot and warm and dark. Um, so I have been known to drift off in the old film that hasn't sort of suited my fairly cartoony sensibilities. And the teacup kind of started like it might go that way but there was enough in it to sort of keep me hooked mm -hmm. and then the ending was just fantastic I'm not I'm not going to give anything away on that one because I really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah and I'm also not going to try and pronounce the uh to make his name oh right okay um, <laughs> it does it... yeah oh god I gotta do it now Boya, Boyas Cleo Blue you know what edit that out <laughs> it's, let's pretend that it's never. it's staying in <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a worthy effort, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Bug and Mr. Hill by uh, yeah. an easier to, the easier to pronounce uh, Sean Cunningham. Sean Cunningham, yes. Yeah, another great film, well deserved of its honourable mention. I'm, I'm glad I didn't judge that category, actually, to be honest, because there were a lot that, that could have got you know, the award or the honourable mention. And Bug and Mr. Hill was another, another great, funny film. Tom Moore was there and he got some kind of special achievement award as well. Yeah, he did. Uh, and I'm very glad he was there because he's sort of Dublin-based and, um, you know, all his films come from a very Irish place, you know, in look and feel and the stories that he chooses to tell. So, I, you know, I don't know that it would have been as Irish an experience without him and without his film. As Irish an experience. I like that. <laughs> 
it was a thoroughly Irish experience. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's a good way. Uh, that's a good way of summing up the festival. A thoroughly Irish experience. Yeah. I like that, Katie. Well done. The most ex- Irish ex- of all the experiences I've had, that was the most Irish. <laughs> okay. Well, and you only have to go to Ireland to experience it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've done some Paddy's Day before. Does that, you know? I think we all know that doesn't count. It doesn't count. No, no. <laughs> I wore a shamrock hat though. So. <laughs> you felt involved. Yeah, I did. Well, Katie, Steve, thank you very much for talking uh, to uh, the podcast today and for letting us know about the Dublin Animation Film Festival. Thank you for having me. So there it is, another fine episode of the Squiggly Podcast. Thanks everyone for listening, and to Sam, director of Posesso, and Katie Steed of Sleppy Studios for their time. Don't forget you can catch the one-hour intro animation Not Just for the Hell of It, hosted by yours truly, on the 7th of November at 4.40 in the afternoon at home in Manchester. Yes, and you can learn more about the film at posesso.com. It's also on Twitter at movie. Also, don't forget to check out our series of Click Animation Festival podcast minisodes going up this week. Some fantastic new filmmakers to hear from, as well as some established talents and previous guests we've caught up with. So visit squiggly.com to check them all out, as well as all of our other recent coverage and features. We're also at facebook.com slash squigglymagazine and on Twitter at squiggly. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben L. Mitchell and Steve is at Mr. underscore S underscore Henderson. Some quick plugs, there are a few upcoming screenings of my new film, Clemen Throw, this month. First off in Portugal at Area de Contentsao. It'll play at 11am November 7th. Visit areadecontentsao.wix.com for details. And then later in Germany, it'll play at Interfilm Berlin's 31st International Short Film Festival at 11pm November 13th. The website for that one is interfilm.de. And later at the Flensburg Short Film Festival, 7.45pm on November 21st. The specifics at flensburger-kurzfilmtage.de. And you may also very well be able to catch it amongst many far superior films if you swing by the aforementioned squiggly fringe events at this year's MAF. And don't forget to keep your eyes on the MAF website, manchesteranimationfestival.co.uk, to be kept up to speed with the latest announcements between now and when the fest kicks off. Squiggly will be there, and we hope you'll be there too. Until then, happy animating!